live my bra lifestyle. Do it. This is Garage Logic Podcast number 134, April 9th, 2019. 83 degrees back in 1931 on this day and 9 degrees on this day in 1997. The ice out, the ice went out on White Bear on this day in 1966. And then back-to-back years in 05 and 06. Minnetonka, ice out on this day, 1894, 1938, 1967, and like White Bear, 2005, 2006. This proves nothing except it rests my case that we're going to be just fine. We're going to be just fine. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, director of social media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. We're now being advised that a winter storm approaching our neck of the woods is historic. Well, no, it isn't. Not yet. It could be. Right. It could be. It hasn't happened yet, it right? It would have to top last April to be historic. Last April was the historic storm of April. April 13, 14, 15, and 16 last year, 15.8 inches of snow in the mm. Twin Cities. Wow. And that beat a storm from April 14th in 1983, 13.6 inches. That also beat April 27 and 28 in 1907, 13 inches. And it beat April 19, 20, and 21 in 1893. Now, are those historic? Well, the only historic one, I suppose, would be the record setter, which was last year. The other ones just are memorable. So now it's bearing down on, well, prior to last year, you know, prior to 1983, the record was 1907. Okay. And prior to 1907, the record was 1893. Gotcha. All right. So uh, what's bearing down on us, though, could uh, could earn the word historic. There is a good chance it could be under 10 inches here in the metro, but yeah. as you travel uh, northward, uh, boy, and west, Montevideo area, 21 inches? Wow. No. Wow. I'm, I'm, I, I said this yesterday. I'm, I'm reluctant to issue any kind of... Uh, Space management admonishments, because uh, last year, in mid-April, we did have to practice space management. And the temps after, uh, over the weekend, are going to be in the 50s, yeah, uh, maybe high 40s, up, yeah, low 50s, so right now. it's going to be like Denver. It's not going to... Twins are going to have a hell of a day Friday. Ooh. <laughs> Saturday, sunny, high near 41, Sunday, 46, Monday, a chance of rain and snow, but a high of 49. Well, here's how bad it is, folks. How, how bad, bad is, is it? <laughs> a recycling truck. <laughs> oh, that's a fantastic <laughs> picture, isn't it? Fell into a hole <laughs> yeah. in an alley in the Miriam Park neighborhood of St. Paul. Now, I was under the impression, Joe, that it didn't fall into a hole. It just kind of created a it hole. It might have created just the hole. sunk. And it required three trucks <laughs> to get this baby out of the, out of the rut. The hole is estimated to be seven feet by four feet and three feet deep. Terry North of St. Paul was passing by on Monday when he saw the truck that was stuck in the alley in the Portland and Fairview Avenues area. I was in awe, said North. <laughs> <laughs> I, You know, you have to be. 
I mean, we've all lived with potholes. You have to be in awe of a new one that's beyond comprehension. Yes. The recycling truck's back wheel collapsed into the hole shortly after 1 p.m. Monday. It was towed directly to their mechanic shop to determine the amount of damage. Then workers had to block off the alley and uh, try to determine the cause. They're looking into whether an abandoned sewer could have caused the asphalt to collapse. Uh, Although people might call it a sinkhole, that's a geographical term for when sandstone, limestone, or other rock gives in, usually from erosion. Let's face it; it was just one hell of a pothole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and the and the and the uh, the truck is capsizing. It's almost, it's <laughs> well, almost turning turtle. Look at the rear dualies; yeah, they're yeah. already <laughs> twisted up. Right. Give me the intersection again. Where did this uh, happen? The Portland Fairview area, Summit and Fairview, Ooh. Summit and Fairview. The, what came to mind when I saw that photo? Kenny, remember a couple? Was it a week or two ago? We were sitting in there, and we were watching the five, the news before the show started, and the. The St. Paul, I was at a city council member, whoever it was, was glowing about the sidewalk poetry. Oh, oh and, yes. And, and yes. Kenny goes, meanwhile, <laughs> we have holes the size of craters. But all. that was my next comment, Chris. I really, reading this article, I was really looking for a way to blame your mayor. And I don't see On the that, pothole? Yeah. No. I don't think it's, it's, yeah. This is a non-political well, issue. Well, plus you can't blame him. He's got 16 people you'd have to go through first. Before sure. It's somebody else's blame. responsibility. Maybe it's the chief resiliency officer. Could be. That's his neighborhood. <laughs> Will they guys. be able to get their money back from the city? Because <laughs> citizens do not. No, but I, I love the guy who was in awe. Man, yeah. I'm just in awe. Yeah. You know, a little smart car, those little smart cars? Oh, my God. That would, it would have destroyed that car. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they would have needed that. Yeah, right. Whoever would be driving a smart car would have needed help getting out of the car. You know you're stuck, though, when you have to call for a second and then third <laughs> <Yep>. tow ring. <laughs> <laughs> and I love the euphorians who just love the idea that the city's taking over trash collection because this is reducing the number of visits up and down the alley by these ungainly heavy trucks that are destroying the surface of Mother's Earth. Meanwhile, these recycling trucks are twice the size of any garbage truck. They're huge. Just went but that's okay because we're, it, just, it almost went to China through a hole in an alley on Fairview. And, but they're saving the earth. They're okay. They're green. They're even painted green. And, and they're okay. And they don't rumble. It's trash hauling trucks that rumble and spew. In fact, it was the Chinese guy that asked for the third tow ring. Oh, look at the see him reaching up there. Look at the truck in the big hole in Minnesota. We need more. Lieutenant Dick Cole, last surviving member of the Doolittle Raiders in General Doolittle's co Did you have this? No, I didn't. Oh, no. And General Doolittle's co-pilot on the mission passed away this morning in San Antonio. He was 103. This uh, comes to us by way of Bill Swanson. Well, he was a great living American, Uh, huh? Definitely. Those guys had, they must have had to carry him around in wheelbarrows. Or a special chair for him. They went in before anybody else. Mm -hmm. And that's the crew that had to ditch, right? Because they knew they didn't have enough fuel to make it back. Did we, we dedicated either a show or, I'm, I'm, I'm convinced that we did something on them years ago. On the Doolittle Raiders. Rook, is that ringing a bell not to ringing you? A bell not ringing me. a bell for me. Not uh, ringing a bell. Okay. I could have swore we did something on that. This fellow does not want his name referenced on the air. Mr. Mayor, I met my wife about three years ago, and during our courtship, I introduced her to the show. She left Liberal Lakes, where she only had street parking, for my place in Garage Logic, where I provided her a first spot in the garage. 
I still haven't decided if it was me or the garage parking that led to our marriage. (laughs) Our scramble Fridays were something we truly enjoyed together and had to give up while I'm on deployment. Then they vanished completely from the podcast. Finally, hearing Frank on the scramble last Friday, let her know that we'll be able to enjoy many more after our unit gets home this summer. Good luck. Keep pushing back. Uh, P.S. She has some gear from the Minnesotan waiting for me at home, and she'll likely be looking for, you know, something for the effort. Sure. <laughs> Maybe I'll grill up her favorite Chipotle and honey chicken brat before I get her a ring or uh, uh, before I get her ring and upgrade. Any places in mind? <laughs> Funny you should ask. Yeah. Funny you should ask. Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meat Market in Hugo right off Highway 61. And just in time for Easter, double smoked hams. There's no way to have a ham except double smoked. And also uh, chicken sticks, beef sticks, chicken brats. Chicken brats. That sounds good to me. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm planning my Easter brunch right now. Yeah. And I'm going to get of some bacon. Of course you are. Custom bacon. <laughs> you can get it at Grunhofer's Cut to any thickness you want, and they'll tell you how to cook it, and they won't mess around. I got it. All right. Uh, we're talking 130 brat flavors, beef brats, chicken brats, all kinds of sticks, like chicken sticks and beef sticks and you name it, burgers, steaks. But you stand in front of those big cases, and you're gazing in awe. At 130 different kind of brats. And uh, like I said, for Easter, the double smoked hams. Grundhoffersmeatmarket.com. These are the highest quality meats with customer service that can't be beat. Because the people who work there, uh, from Spencer on down, they're professional meat cutters. Mm-hmm. And they're going to tell you how to do this perfectly. I know 10 to 15 minutes, about 165 degrees on that brat. And bing, bang, boom. <laughs> you know what else he'd probably do? I bet Spencer would give you your own Custom burger mix. Short rib, brisket, beef. Ask him. Call him and ask for the rookie mix Show Spencer the jingle, jingle, jingle. He'll mix you up some. Of course. He's he's a meat guy. He's a uh, meat cutter. We're skipping over the main topic here. You're already planning your Easter brunch? Yeah, I was going to ask, when is Easter? Sunday, week from Sunday. Yeah. Okay. Week Palm from Sunday. Sunday. So if you go to church, Palm Sunday. This you got weekend. the long one. You got the long where you get to sit down and you get to go do this. Release Barabbas! <laughs> That's how I do it in the... Uh, really? Wow. Yeah. Wow. You know, I always say... Uh, Are there cameras in church? Is that why you're so... <laughs> no, I just do it for the kids. I really get into character. <laughs> you, and you've kids, never, you've like, never met a camera. They got to wait like. for, uh, you got to wait for Good Friday, though, before the Lord summons Peter and says, Hey, Peter, yeah. I hey, can see your house from here. I can here. see your house from up here. <laughs> You know, some people really don't like to hear that I, joke. Some people really think it's don't. really funny. I don't think, I don't think it's sacrilegious. I, I don't either. I, don't I think, think Jesus, I think the Lord gave us senses of humor. You know what happened after Jesus said that? What? what? <laughs> oh, go hell. Really? It was the really? lead uh, centurion. Really? The lead centurion had a, had a makeshift guitar. And a Fender Strat. <laughs> but it was more drawn out. It was Peter. Yeah, he goes up there about three times, and he just gets beat down, beat down. And finally, after the third time, uh, Peter is really beat up pretty bad. And, yes, Lord, what what is it? He's at the foot of the cross. And, and the Lord looks at him and says, uh, I think I can see your house from up here. That's a whole new interpretation. Thank yes. God my mother's dead. Yeah, <laughs> she would be calling. Every time I told that joke, she would call. I know. With a heater. Tell you that. Tell she had the heater. Tell that more. Hey, tell that more. Knock that stuff off. Oh, knock that stuff off. We caught you. We could ask communicator. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> then she'd suck on that Virginia uh, Slim and start coughing. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, Cigarettes and old fashions only got her to the age of 91. She was a, but she was a good smoker. She knew how to just... Uh... Oh, she could pound them. Did yeah. she have that look, though, that faraway look every time you suck it in? It's just... Yeah. 
good, better, best. Her daughters made her smoke in the kitchen towards the end. And on the night I had to go get her because she couldn't breathe. She said, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. This cigarette's smoldering in the sink. <laughs> <laughs> I said, really? Really? It's too late for you to stop thinking about quitting. You have an issue. Okay. Uh, fact-based. Yep. Uh, Fred from Coos Bay, Oregon weighs in. Fred is the guy who drove 2,000 miles to see us at the State Fair last summer. I remember him. Knowing that the show is fact-based, the U.S. Interstate Highway System was created by Federal Aid Highway Act of 1956. It was modeled in many ways after the German Autobahn system, but it was a Cold War invention. Yes, to land planes, but more to move troops in the event of a Soviet invasion. The roads are designed specifically to carry military vehicles, heights of bridges, tank carriers, etc., and to allow planes planes to land on some of the flat straightaways. Thanks for the podcast. Other than keeping track of my wife and eight kids, you are the highlight of my day. Fred from Coos Bay, Oregon. Oregon. What what year was that enacted? 56. So my question is, and I've had it for a number of years, have they stamped this project done? Got out the big ink stamper and said, done. Because I I remember the freeway being built through Minnesota in the uh, mid-70s. We used to have to exit, go into St. Cloud, and then go back out to the freeway. Right. And uh, they finally finished that off in uh, the, the mid to late 70s. Well, what's the main freeway in the United States that runs east to west? 90? 70? Well, they're done, aren't they? They're 80? Done. Yeah, they're done. Start rolling out numbers. How about 23? Well, I'm trying to think of the two need, that run You don't need Colorado. Route 66 anymore. That's a shadow of its former That's self. long gone. Well, well, well portions runs, of it are there. Portions right. of it are there. You don't need Route 66? You, I love Route 66. I could play it. I you want know. you to. Uh, I don't know if I can, can I? Sure, why, why not? Go ahead. Oh, for God's sakes. Don't you love a news guy who has a guitar? Hell yeah. Interstate 10, Joe. Well, no. No, uh, it, starting in the north in... Uh, in uh, You're thinking of I-90. I don't think we should get bogged no, down listen. on this. <laughs> 94 through the Dakotas, but it's only a 4 because it leaves 90 and then hooks up to 90 again, right? Dummy, dummy. And then there's 80, and then there's 70 as you travel south. 90, what? look at 90 runs from Seattle all the way to Boston. Right, but 94, like I said, cuts off in uh, Montana and then hooks back up in Wisconsin. Ah, Wow. Goes through huh. Toledo. And then south of that is 40, Albany, and then 20, and then 10. Has anybody ever done that trip? We always talk about 35 from up there in Duluth down in Texas. Has anyone ever done the 90 trip? That'd we did. Cool. We stopped in South Dakota. When I, uh, when I did yeah. my one and only Sturgis, I didn't take 90. You didn't? I took a lesser high. Uh, there's too many deer on 90, so I wanted to get on something You know else. what? <laughs> no more local. I believe I've been on every every state on I-90. I think I have. Really? I've taken it to wow. the East Coast. I've taken it to Spokane. Yeah. Terry in California writes, we were at the Grand Canyon a few uh, years back for a couple of days showing our German friends the fantastic natural wonders of the southwest in California. While near the edge of the canyon with railing, with a large group of visitors waiting for sunset, someone asked the ranger how many people died falling off the ledge. He replied, all of them. <laughs> Good comeback. comeback. Can I do a callback? Or do you have an email? I want, I've got something that I w- want to get your... Uh, thoughts on regarding garbage. What are you, what are you talking about? Uh, Ken Berquist and son has been bought by waste management. All right. 
That doesn't do anything for you. What do you what, what waste management may be coming in as a national hauler and buying out all these guys and then has well, the I, monopoly I, on I, I uh, you're catching me off guard with this. I, I'm I root for these family operations. Right. And Ken Bur- Ken Berkowitz and Sons uh, they were I mean, now they they sold out to waste management, but that could change the I wanted to confirm that before I brought it up because you were talking about the recycling car or truck getting Caught in the alley. Yeah, but Ken and family didn't sell because they're failing, and there's a good chance they made pretty good coin selling. I'm happy for them, but I'm, my my future worry is waste management taking everything over, and then what happens once they own? I tell you the- what, I'd rather have waste management doing it than the city of St. Paul. Don't get me going on that. That wasn't in my itinerary today. Okay. Well, uh, we'll I, have, I have so many more fish to fry. Put that in the outhouse. So many more fish to fry. By the way. Out in uh, Forsyth, Montana, Keith writes, they at 2.35 p.m. last Friday, they hit 70 degrees. The doors went open, PBR in hand, and arranging oh. my garage wood. That's an important note to remember. Uh, wherever you are and it's 70, you go ahead and have your opener. Sure. It's just that the Garage Logic official town opener, the seat of Gumption County, mm-hmm. cannot and may not and shall not have its opener until the first Friday to hit 70 while we are podcasting. Hmm. I got you. Nothing stops an individual proprietary owner of home, a capitalist, an entrepreneur, from opening their own garage door whenever the hell they feel like it. Mm-hmm. And then sending us an email taunting us, which yeah, is fine. This is a taunting. It's welcome. This is a taunting. And Forsyth, uh, mm-hmm. speaking of I-94, right on 94, between Billings and North Dakota, about halfway. Mm. All right. Uh, very good. We'll uh, return here in a few moments. Basketball, basketball, basketball madness. This is Patrick Ricey for the Canopy Group. Let the Canopy Group help you with your brackets for your home and auto insurance program. If you rely on State Farm, Farmers, or Liberty Mutual, remember, they only have one team in their bracket. We have 16 in ours. We guarantee a winner for the best coverage at the best price. The Canopy Group has outsmarted the insurance bracketologist. Every month is madness for the Canopy Group as they continue to comb the insurance marketplace for their clients. We can work on your home and auto insurance program while you pick up the remote and channel surf all of your basketball options. Visit thecanopygroup.com. Or let the Canopy Group help you by calling 800-967-3389. Let the Canopy Group put their sweet 16 to work for you. 800-967-3389. Yeah, we are. Here we go. (laughs) Yep. Got to go. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Souchere. Chief off-site, off-site correspondent Kelsey notes that a teacher asked her class how many of them were, were uh, Bernie Sanders fans. Not really knowing what a Bernie Sanders fan is, but wanting to be liked by the teacher, all the kids raised their hands except for little Johnny. The teacher asked little Johnny why he has decided to be different again. Little Johnny said, because I'm not a Bernie Sanders fan. The teacher said, well, why, why aren't you a Bernie Sanders fan? Johnny said, because I'm a conservative. The teacher said, why are you a conservative? Little Johnny said, well, my mom's a conservative, my dad's a conservative, so I'm a conservative. 
annoyed by this, the teacher said, well, if your mom was a moron and your dad was an idiot, what would that make you? <laughs> the kid said, a Bernie Sanders fan. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <Very good. laughs> I got another take on the... Uh, Oh, who's the comedian we all love? The droll guy. Flip Wilson, see you Tuesday? <laughs> no. The guy who told the joke about uh, the moral of the story. Who am I thinking of? Oh, you're Norm, thinking of uh, Norm MacDonald. Yeah, I got another version of that uh, today, uh, but I can't read it on the air. Mm. You know, what's the moral of your story, Johnny? Don't don't get around my mother when she's been drinking. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the, also the chief's offsite correspondent wanted me to note or point out uh, show this to the morons the next time they mock you for your tank management skill. He's talking about gasoline in the car. Mm. Uh, and apparently, uh, I've been right. You, should, uh, you shouldn't really run your car towards empty a lot because it no. puts too much of a drain on the fuel pump. Right. And that's uh, what cools the old... Uh, yeah, the fuel pump's in the tank at the bottom, and the, the fuel actually acts as a coolant that keeps that pump running cool. In your gas tank is a fuel pump, says Bill Evans, who's worked with cars for over 30 years and is now the manager of J&E Body in Clark, New Jersey. This pump runs from the gas tank to the motor supplying fuel. As the pump runs, it heats up, but when it's submerged in gas, the fuel acts as a coolant to stop the pump from overheating. If you're running on less than a quarter tank of gas, the pump will overheat and end up failing sooner than it should. What's more, driving around on an empty can cause condensation in the walls of your gas tank, diluting your fuel and causing rust, according to Richard Rena, a product training director at KARID.com. And engine rust and a broken fuel pump aren't a problem you can fix yourself. If you feel like driving on empty gives you more fuel for your buck, you're wrong. But in addition to increasing the potential long-term damage to your car, driving on empty actually hurts your gas mileage. If you're driving around on empty, the fuel pump is going to start picking up everything on the bottom of the tank. This includes sediment from dirty gas and tank condensation. Not only can this damage your fuel pump and motor, but it actually makes your gas mileage worse. As long as you have a quarter tank of gas, your gas mileage is going to stay as optimal as it could be, Evan said, the filter isn't getting hot, the motor isn't working as hard. That all helps on your gas mileage. If you're keeping a quarter of tank, uh, a quarter a tank of gas or more in the car, you'll prolong the life of the fuel system parts. This is from uh, MSN.com. Thank you, Mr. Kelsey. That fell on essentially deaf ears here, except maybe for me and Kenny. Yeah, no, I always well, I've feel... I've always known. I thought yeah. that was well, a common, not, not common your, knowledge. Not your ears I, I try to fill between half and a quarter of a tank, yeah. always. So what are you saying? Uh, well, we, <laughs> uh, I think Joe reading that it. or that whole it. email was basically directed at you. Pretty much, because as Kelsey said, tell them more. See, you've, I think you've mocked me before yeah. because I said... Uh, I don't even know how it came up. I don't know how you can. I don't even know how you can mock the fact that a guy has to get gas. What's mockable about that? Uh, top her off. I, I have to admit, back when I had my '65, the fuel pump was driven off either. The, I think it was driven off the camshaft, if I remember right. So it's a mechanical pump on the engine, and I would take great pride in stretching every single drop of gas out <laughs> mm. of that tank. But you always have to carry a couple of extra gallons in the trunk because sometimes you lose. But you know what? I'm going to defend you, Rook. Well, thank you. Because I think it takes far more skill 
to keep a tank of gas at exactly three quarters so it doesn't spill out into the driveway because there's a hole in the top of the tank. That's far more uh, skillful. You you morons out there with your sealed (laughs) gas tanks that that have no no worry or no 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 game of chance to roll the dice with. I I work mine. I I work mine, so I'm to be commended. Boom! Yeah, absolutely pathetic. That's how that's how I do. He told the bride, "You got to nurse it." Yeah, you got to. Don't be running this down to zero. You got to. I can't put anything in over half because it'll just leak out. (laughs) You though, you and your stupid nose. I barely turned the corner into the driveway, and here comes Sniffy. Well, where do I smell gas? Yeah, well, well, and then I... the couple of drips on the, the nice newly paved bricks. Boop, boop, boop. Well, gas is not a problem. That evaporated. Yeah, well, then what the hell? No, but I, I think probably what I did is save the lives of your entire family. Right By there. pointing out that yeah. you have a fuel tank leak, no. which is an extremely dangerous situation. I know what you're worried about. Get that damn car off my driveway. <laughs> no. My mom is coming over in five minutes. <laughs> You don't have this trouble a lot with Dennis Kirk because uh, DennisKirk.com will take care of your motorcycle needs. Everything you could ever want in clothing, apparel, parts, more than 160,000 motorcycle products in stock. Doesn't make any difference what kind of bike. DennisKirk.com has you covered. Uh, Ready to ship today. You call them by 8 o'clock, you get it tomorrow. They carry the best brands like Vance & Hines, Dunlop, S&S, Saddleman, Drag Specialties, and Curiakin. That's just a few. $89 orders ship free, and they pay return shipping on helmet and apparel products. DennisKirk.com. Order by 8 p.m. today and get it tomorrow. And check out the uh, fantastic DennisKirk.com website. I have a pick. I'm on that right now, and my pick for the day, do uh, you know what a hydration system is? Well, it has something to do with uh, liquid. There's a bladder um, with a hose that yeah. goes in a backpack. So not only, and now this not might be the thing for the Harley guys, but yeah. for the rest of us, yeah. you put this backpack on, the, the uh, hose is attached to your shoulder or your collar. Yep. You got your tools in the backpack. You got your smokes in the backpack. You got something else that we can't talk about back there. Plus, you never get thirsty. No, you fill it full of water. Yeah. And, and they're awesome, and they're right around 130 bucks. Don't Packer fans use that and fill it full of moonshine? <laughs> yeah, right. I'm, not, I'm not recommending that, but I, I, I have one, and my kid has one, and we both love them. Uh, we're going to visit the uh, failed academy uh, in a very eerie, couple of eerie stories. Eerie. E-E-R-I-E. Okay. Eerie. Very disconcerting. Worse than ever? Well, the failed academy never fails to uh, surprise me. Because the line keeps moving. The line keeps moving. The line keeps moving. Uh, Just a moment, please. We'll return. A beautiful lawn, it's just a click away at ProfessionalTurf.com. Now, as you fellas know, uh, I like to think of myself as kind of a do-it-yourselfer. Not so much because I think I can do it better. Uh, it's actually because I'm a cheapskate. I'm really tight, and I don't want to pay someone. And such was the case when uh, I first bought my house. It was like 97 or so. In the first five years or so, I tried and failed every year to keep up with the weeds and the bare spots, the thin spots. I finally realized the best thing I could possibly do for both my lawn and my damaged pride Call in the professionals, professionalturf.com. So worth it. They'll send out a trained lawn care veteran. He's going to provide you with a free no-obligation lawn care estimate. And if you so choose, 
you, he's going to set you up with a three to five step program that's not only going to li- eliminate those persistent weeds, but also fertilize that lawn, giving you a thick, lush, a luscious carpet of turf every spring until late fall. You know, rookie, have you called him yet? Uh, not for this year, because I know the snow is coming, but I will. But you know what's great about it? You just mow. You yeah. just have to mow. Water That's and mow. It. And when we first started using them, we did have to call. It's way simpler now. Click on professionalturf.com. This isn't hyperbole. Uh, I promise you the best lawn on the block. Do I second I, that. Yeah, yeah. I second that. Call in the pros. Put your lawn in the hands of the best lawn care company in the metro. The best lawn in the neighborhood. Just a click away. Professionalturf.com. Well, that'll do it for today's show. <laughs> hey, you learn more penny. here by accident Shush. than elsewhere by design. Here's Joe Souchere. And he's sponsored by, well, John is. Here's John Height. <laughs> ProfessionalTurf.com. Thanks, fellas. Now that the Final Four is over here in the Twin Cities, uh, believe it or not, there's still plenty of events to come. List of events coming to town in the next three years. You ready? Yeah. The X Games. Okay. <laughs> Summer. Yep. USA Taekwondo National Championship. Yeah. Okay. NCAA Men's Wrestling Champion. Now, yep. Is that the one that used to go to Wisconsin? Is not. It's now going to us, the Taekwondo. Remember we had that story a couple of weeks ago? We were losing out these uh, karate championships. Oh, yes, yes. I, re- I don't remember the story, but I remember there something about that. I don't remember the story. I don't remember. I, I don't know. Uh, they I were, they were saying that. it was an event that it, was going to bring people, and we're losing these it's okay. it's events. Okay. It's okay. <laughs> the, the USA Volleyball Open National Championships, yeah. the Men's D1 Gymnastics Championships, Ooh, yeah. Men's Basketball Regionals, the Women's Final Four. What is that here? I didn't know that was Either wrong. next year or the year after, because they were the, advertising for it at the game at last At the night. bank? Yeah. Meaning you got to put up the $5 million curtains again? Although maybe they won't. I, I don't know how big that draws. Maybe they can do it at Target Center or XL. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure where they usually would hold that event. And the CONCACAF Gold Cup, which is a big soccer tournament. I had to look that one up. Oh, I was boy. unfamiliar with that. Uh, Meet Minneapolis, the group, says they hope to be considered also to host another Super Bowl or Final Four within the next 10 years. I will. I don't know how long they plan out the Final Fours, how many years in advance. We'll get another one within the next couple of years. It was. A, I was there last night. It was fun. It was really well executed. And it was a good game. All right. Did you go with your dad? <laughs> I did. Okay. I did. We had a did good you have time. snacks? We did. He found your snack tray. Minnesota House Senate Conference Committee passed a bill Monday afternoon and paved the way for votes on the House and Senate floors on a hands-free phone law. It essentially would ban the use of handheld cell phones and other digital devices for talking, texting, accessing apps, or streaming video and audio. Now, another bill passed the Minnesota Senate Monday afternoon that calls for much harsher penalties for crashes that cause great bodily harm when the driver is using a cell phone or texting. Bill author Dave Osmick of Mound said if you are found to be non-hands-free and you get into an accident using your cell phone, you're going to be treated like a drunk driver. So if you injure someone or kill someone, we're going to have some of the stiffest penalties in the nation. That bill passed 56 to 9, but some of the supporters even were concerned the bill might go a little too far. Senator Jerry Ralph of St. Cloud said we have to get people to put the phone down. I concern myself, however, that we've equated driving under the influence of alcohol with using a cell phone. Now, it is possible both the hands-free bill and the harsher penalty bill could pass and become law. The hands-free bill doesn't have penalties as harsh as the other bill. A source close to Governor Tim Walz says it's possible the hands-free bill could be signed into law on Friday if it passes the House and Senate floors in the next couple of days. That means it would take effect on 
August 1st. John, is the uh, provision allowing GPS usage still in place? I did not see that in any of the stories this morning. I read a couple stories about it. Uh, the penalties, though, did you see the penalties? Uh, yeah. They're yeah. 150, I think, first offense, nope. 300 second, and then third, you can lose your license for a month. You want an example of a political statement that requires pushing back? Mm-hmm. Yes, please. The DFL released their tax plan yesterday. Mm-hmm. The House, DFL in Minnesota, the Democrats, who are, all have socialist leanings. They, they're seeking $1.2 billion in new revenue. This is what? on top of a surplus that already exists. Oh, but here's the statement that needs pushing back, because people will read this and they won't analyze it. They won't break it down. Our Minnesota values budget restores tax fairness for Minnesota families while making significant investments in education, said House Speaker Melissa Hortman of Brooklyn Park. B as in B, S as in S. What isn't fair? What what needs to be restored about fairness? For my money, it would be fair if everybody paid taxes. You got about forty percent of the people in the state pay the taxes. Right. What 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 fairness are you attempting to restore with this boilerplate nonsense verbiage? That's what needs to be pushed back against. It's B as in B, they're, S as in S. They're already fair for the poor. They pay very little they in don't taxes. Pay any, and they except get the stores and services. Stuff. That's uh, we're looking out for our real poor. How do I push back, Joe? Well, uh, (laughs) you're in Minneapolis. Be careful who you vote for, for starters. But, but it's just it's just such utter nonsense. It's just boilerplate BS. It's right out of the Bernie Sanders playbook and all the rest of these kooks running for president. Is it why is it a Minnesota value to have one of the most progressive tax situations in the country? That, that's in other words, her, her value. Her value is we got to get more of your money, right? And that equates to her believing that that's a value in Minnesota. And if you look at the breakdown of how the education dollar is spent, there'll never be enough. There, sixty percent of it goes to the top rung. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, there's such little trickle down. B as in B, S as in S. So wait, before you go back to the news, how do you feel about this uh, outrageous gas tax uh, increase? Obviously, it hurts the very people that she's pretending to have values about. Yeah. Attorney General William Barr says he will release a redacted version of Special Counsel Robert Mueller's report on the Russia investigation within a week. Barr testifying before a House Appropriations Subcommittee Tuesday. He says Mueller's report will have portions redacted, but they would be color-coded to indicate why the information could not be made public. Mueller concluded his investigation in late March and submitted a nearly 400-page confidential report. Barr sent a letter to Congress with Mueller's principal conclusions. Barr said Mueller was given the opportunity to review that letter, but declined to do so. Several news organizations have reported that members of Mueller's team disagree with the conclusions in Barr's letter, feel he left out major findings in the investigation. Barr says grand jury info, details that could reveal confidential intelligence sources, and info that would interfere with ongoing cases will be redacted from the report. Release the whole thing unredacted. Release every word of it. Mm-hmm. And then it will be and then they can't say anything. Then they got no power. Well, depending on what the report says. True. Yeah. <laughs> That's on the other side of the fence. The Chicago cops might have had more on Jersey Smollett or whatever his name is Jesse? in two days than Mueller's come up with in two years. Right. But, but we don't we don't know that. But smell. Sm- we see the report. Well, that's why I want it released. I agree. Uh, we don't know that. We don't know that. 
President Trump's congressional allies are alarmed by his purge at the Department of Homeland Security, urging him not to fire any more top officials and warning him how hard it would be to solve twin crises at the border and at the federal agencies overseeing immigration policy. Uh, President's last four days at DHS and other agencies blindsided some senior Republicans in Congress. They're fretting about difficult confirmation battles ahead, and some are worried about the rising influence of top White House aide Stephen Miller. After a November election where voters soundly rejected Trump's hardline immigration agenda, the president once again making it the centerpiece of the GOP's platform. Senator John Cornyn, a Republican from Texas, doesn't like that. He says, quote, it's a mess. Says he has no idea what Miller's agenda is in determining immigration policy because he isn't Senate confirmed and doesn't correspond with the Hill. Our uh, very own Amy Klobuchar. Did you see how much money she raised? Yeah. Not much compared to the rest of these fruitcakes. $5.2 million for seven weeks of her presidential candidacy. A total that uh, passed what's considered an important test of campaign viability. How's that for a word? Mm-hmm. Sounds like Minnesota tax values. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Fundraising success uh, is an early measure of presidential candidates' prospects. And the number of individual donors is a mark of what's called grassroots support. Mitchell Berger, a longtime Democrat fundraiser in Fort Lauderdale, said it's a good effort, something she should be proud of, and it makes her a viable candidate. A Florida man arrested on Saturday for shoplifting at a Kmart just days after he bought a multi-million dollar private island off Key West. Really? 59-year-old Andrew Lippy was accused of stealing about 300 bucks worth of household goods from a Kmart in Key West. Now we know how he got the money. Right. Where police say he purchased various items between March 30th and April 4th, replaced them with cheaper items, and returned them to Kmart for a refund. Who hmm. wants to work that hard? Lippy made headlines last week when he bought Thompson Island, a private estate formerly owned by the philanthropist and developer Edward B. Knight for $8 million. Lippy also owns a 12-bedroom resort compound in Key West that MTV used to film a version of The Real World in 2006. That property rests, uh, rents for about 1800 bucks a night. Lippy stands accused of stealing multiple items, including LED light bulbs and a $55 Hamilton Beach coffee maker, which he allegedly replaced with a much older coffee maker in return for the full refund. He just threw the older one in the box and said, this one doesn't work like they used to. What the hell... Why go through all this? Right. And isn't that the oldest trick in the book? Yeah. I mean, please. I bought a DVD player once, and inside was an old videotape machine. Super down. You feel like an idiot going back because um, I bought this. Yeah, sure. Sure, sure you did. Yeah, Yeah, sure you did. We'll get you on file. We'll call loss prevention right (laughs) now. Why are your hands so dirty? Why are you looking at my hands? Well, I, they're, they're, they're Johnny's doing... sticking out as being very filthy. Why don't you go wash it when you're working on your car? (laughs) (laughs) Good one. I don't. I, do we have the Fifth Amendment here? I think I should not say anything because I. Uh, I had to. No, I. I think we need to know what happened. What happened? Why are we stopping the show? Why were you looking well, at my look hands? Look at him. Go find some soap. I, okay, I left. Yes. I turned my car on. Yes. The pilot. This is the honest oh, to God's God. truth. So don't rip. Just. And uh, I kind of heard some knocking, and I thought, hmm, I better get in there. I better go look and see. I'm going to lift up the hood. And I'm going to uh-huh. see if there's anything wrong. Was the engine running while you popped the hood? Yes. Okay. And then I checked the dipstick of the oil. No, the because this is going to this is this is going to get me into more. Then be quiet and John. No, continue. no, no, no. Come on, we got to get to the bottom. But you got to cut, cut the right chase, to the though. chase. It was a little low on oil, and it's probably time to change it. 
Um, so it was to, essentially tar, wasn't it? By low, it was on the bottom rung. By low on oil, was it on the? What did he call it, Joe? The dipstick for oil? The dipstick for the oil. oil. The oil, the dipstick for oil. And there there was some that registered. I think I have an oil leak somewhere. But in my defense, I had the big thing of Prestone oil. You know, the big yellow thing? Five-gallon bucket or whatever it is. Prestone is usually a coolant. No, it wasn't antifreeze. It was was, oil. Please tell me you dumped antifreeze. I know it was was, oil. It was green, right? You poured that green? You lost all credibility. Please tell me you poured that green. Because that green oil is really good stuff. I did not offer this. You are making accusations about You're bringing up Prestone. I'm unaware that they make oil. Firestone? That's a tire. That's a tire. Yeah. Uh... Let's. It was yellow. The bottle was yellow. Pennzoil. Pennzoil. That's what it was. Not pressed. And I, uh, I don't know how much was in there, but I just I loaded her up and uh, it. Uh, I'll, I'll stop off at A and A Auto and get my oil changed by uh, Andy. Yes. You know what this is? What? Damn it, karma. Mm-hmm. Because you ripped Patrick yesterday for the tools, the assemblance of tools in the Royce estate in Fort Myers. i got to learn to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> John and I... stop looking at my hands. What the hell is your problem? i got some so, dirt under my fingernails. When and... you check the oil, was the engine off? Did you turn the engine off? Yeah, because I was afraid if I the oil. if I took the cap off with the engine running, there would be an explosion or pressure right, or something like that. That's what would have happened. There right. would have been an explosion. Were you, right. were you parked on level ground? Yeah, I was right outside okay. my house. Here's, here's John. We often run and find now. We're not never, knocking. Uh, We're never, not knocking. never bring this up again. Well, never. I didn't. You're looking at my stupid <laughs> well, hands. Your hands look terrible. What do you want? Some palm olive here? I want, I want some soap. Match. Get some Pennzoil. Lava. Get some uh, <laughs> twenty mule team borax. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't get a chance to wash. He knows palm olive. He yeah. does we, not uh, know. Wow. We often talk about the oh. dangers of motorcyclists running into deer on the road. How about this awful story from Michigan? An afternoon motorcycle ride ended in horror Sunday when a 70-year-old Oxford Township man lost his leg and died in a crash after he was hit in the chest by a wild turkey, according to authorities. Jeez. Happened shortly after one in the afternoon. The man was wearing a helmet heading west on a 2005 Triumph motorcycle when a flock of turkeys began to cross Stony Creek Road. One of the birds took flight, hit the man in the chest. As a result, he lost control of the bike, hit a guardrail, severed his left leg just below the knee. He was taken to McLaren, Oakland Hospital, where he later died. Sheriff's deputies are still investigating the crash. By one estimate in Michigan, there are 200,000 wild turkeys in the state. The state patrol says that incident should be a reminder to be careful because they can cause Well, reporting isn't what it used to be. What I would like to know uh, is when he saw the flock of turkeys crossing the street, did he just take her right down to zero, straddle the bike, and a turkey decided to fly into him? Or did he speed through them? Sounds like he sped through them, don't you think? I don't know. Rule of thumb on the deer is go right through in the middle of it. Yeah. On a motorcycle? Oh, boy. And hope the next town you get to has a hose. Unless I missed something critical, how, how was that reporter supposed to obtain that information? Isn't the guy dead? Uh, that's a good point. And they're still investigating, yeah. so perhaps that info will come out yeah. later. What kind yeah. of bike was he on? 2005, 2005 Triumph. Triumph. Who knows what kind of Triumph. So Turkey didn't survive Probably either. a naked bike. Maybe. Yeah. Well, he's 70. It was probably a Triumph Bonneville. Well, yeah, but those are mostly naked. Even if there is a fairing on it, it's really, really small. So he's got nothing to protect I himself. I had a Triumph Bonneville. They're not small at all. It's a fantastic bike. <laughs> I'm talking about the fairing. Well, I don't know that he what's, had a fairing. What's a fairing? 
And if he had a fairing, my point was, if he had a fairing, it was a small one. Like <laughs> those little scoops. Little cafe fairings. Like mine. Right. Yeah. Jeez. All Keep right. up. All right. Wow. I think if I rode motorcycles, people would say, my fearing was pretty small, too. I think so. <laughs> a Washington, D.C.-based journalist. If I had the chaps on, was walking Matthew, you know, along uh, with the saloon. You live your life like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> yes, I am. I live like there's no a DC, tomorrow. A Washington, D.C.-based journalist apparently has been locked out of his iPad for yes, more I than... Thanks, David. For more than 25, we got to talk about this since it's David again. He was at an EDM concert last week, the big one in Miami. What is that? EDM. EDM it's the like, oh. where the DJs play music and oh, shoot me. And the DJ put the beats and stuff to jump, the Van Halen song, and David Lee Roth jumped out on stage with him in his silver coat. Oh. And looked like uh, Grandpa, just like Grandpa. And all he did was sit and yell, like, jump. Hey, anybody want to jump? And then you'd hear, jump. Oh, <laughs> poor Grandpa it was, Roth. It was very embarrassing. I, I, I love I, David Lee I Roth. can't believe you watched that. I, well, my kid, uh, oh, I see. My kid uh, forced me to. He knows I like David Lee Roth. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> Thanks, David. A Washington, D.C.-based journalist has apparently been locked out of his iPad for more than 25 million minutes. That would be almost half a century after his three-year-old son tried to use it without the correct password, according to a screen grab shared on his Twitter page. The tweet included a screen grab of Osnos' disabled iPad. Uh, the Osnos, Evan Osnos is the reporter, which recommended they try accessing it again in 25,536,442 minutes. That would be 48 and a half I don't years. understand this story. Why don't you just go buy a new iPad? Or why not just take it well, to an Apple store? You just missed his kick, his kick there. How long was that? 48 and a half years. Yeah, 48. And right. My point being, that's a glitch and get rid of the thing. Well, per Apple's guidelines, users experience the problem are advised to restore and update settings through iTunes. The problem, you lose everything you've had on it. Mm-hmm. Whatever you have saved, you've, you've lost. So if he has mm-hmm. documents saved. Related to his reporting, oh, they're gone. Do you dummies use the cloud? By keeping you awake, there, Joe. Huh? You guys use the cloud. <laughs> I guess. I, I have. Yes. yes, I think I do. The screen is falling out of my phone, so I have to go get another one. And everybody says I should back it up to the cloud, and I was, I'm yes, very I would agree. wary of the cloud. No, it's, it's what safe. if the cloud gets a hold of some things well, that uh, don't need to be? Here's, uh, that's exactly the problem with the cloud. It's readily available, basically, to anybody that knows what they're doing. Yeah, I'm staying off the cloud. That's how, remember the celebrities a few I years ago? I will write who, down all my contacts and transfer them one by one before I'll go to okay, the cloud. Okay, Ron Swanson. I, no, there's a, you can buy the protection, and if somebody tries to break in, it just says, hey, hey, you, get stay off of the cloud. <laughs> oh, my God. Good night, ladies. Right. It's electronically, though. <laughs> But I don't know if he's available during his heart valve replacement surgery. As I was looking at him, I was thinking, I should write this down. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, you. Yeah, get, get off, off my, my cloud. cloud. Mm-hmm. That, uh, that's, that's Sorry. A... Oh, that was funny, Rook. No, it really wasn't. <laughs> no, it, it was. <laughs> no. No. no, that's terrible. I think it's available from Apple I iTunes. I think it was more sad than funny. <laughs> That's really bad. I'll be over here checking my dipstick for oil. Uh, in Connecticut. Uh, now, we used to do this when I was a kid. I'm surprised it didn't work here. Authorities say it might cost 50 grand to repair a Connecticut baseball diamond where somebody dumped gasoline and set it on fire to try and dry out the infield. We had this last week in Ohio. Yeah. Really? This Same is the equivalent thing? of me trying to burn the hump down. 
We did this all the time in Mandan when I you played did? Le- Legion Ball. Always they'd put it around the mound and light it and dry it. No really? Kidding. I've never time. once done that. Huh. And did, it, did it seriously work? Yeah, always. Huh. Yeah. But never, the we the never soil's st- been contaminated for 10,000 years, but <laughs> it worked. One That's time true. I poured uh, gasoline down a, a, a slope, a driveway, and lit it on fire just because I wanted to see a river of fire, and it was really cool. <laughs> Highly <laughs> unrecommended by any podcast listeners. Yeah, that's not the official uh, p- <laughs> position of the podcast <laughs> show. That's, I don't uh, know. I'd give it a try. <laughs> that's <No>. Kenny from <laughs> give the it, uh, give it Krabby a Coffee Shop is what I'd, I'd say. say. We call that hillbilly hijinks. Is that's that what right. it is? That's right. Hey, y'all. <laughs> Here's Kenny with news from the Crabby Coffee Shop. So I was cleaning out a four-barrel carburetor from a 59 Studebaker Silverhawk, and I had about three gallons of leftover oily, greasy gas that I needed to dispose of. And everybody knows you can't pour that down the drain. No. That's bad oh, for the no. septic the- system. So... Uh, I asked my father what to do, and he said, here's a match, and here's a funnel, and uh, pour it down the driveway, and have have yourself some hillbilly fun, Cover your eyebrows. (laughs) And run. Yeah. Uh, As Joe said, workers from the State Department of Energy and Environmental Protection responded to this fire at the ballpark. A hazardous waste removal crew began digging up the contaminated soil. A spill team will move it off site next week. They have not charged anybody in that. Uh, about 100 people were in the crowd there, and they all videotaped it on their cell phone. Fantastic. So. The story we had last week, Joe, didn't that go woefully wrong, too? Yeah. The guy in yeah. Iowa. Yeah, he, the coach got fired. The hazmat teams came in. and uh, yeah. You just can't have the kind of fun you used to have. Yeah, you know. yeah that, was, that was a regular, I'll bet that happened this half a dozen times. This is not the same okay. country we grew up in. <laughs> <laughs> No, I used to dump oil in the swamp next door. <laughs> Good old days. <laughs> That's right. Say, uh, Joe, uh, great job on the podcast. I love listening to every episode now that I can listen to my convenience. The other day you were discussing the disconnect between the people and nature. Last week I was at the Minnesota Zoo looking at two bull moose in their pen. Behind me there was a woman explaining to her children that zookeepers have to chop off the moose horns, and that really hurts the moose. This is why zoos are evil. And my six-year-old son said to me with an eye roll, Dad, they don't chop off moose horns. Yeah. First, moose don't have horns. They have antlers, and yeah. they fall off. Yeah. Then they grow back again in the spring and summer. We laughed and went to look at the caribou <laughs> with the chopped-off horns. There were other, there were other examples uh, similar to this that day at the zoo, and it reinforced your talk about the disconnect with nature. I am a teacher, and I also own a woodworking business. I love the garage wood edition and the fact that you, Joe, know your wood. Along with that, I raise yaks. The tastiest meat I've ever eaten. Mm. And I would love to send you some of my yak sticks so you can give them a try. I would also love Rookie's opinion as it sounds like he knows his food quite well. I wish I could get you guys a nice yak, yak brat or burger. I'm sticking with Grunhofer, pal. Uh, <laughs> yak brat or burger as well. Maybe the podcast could go on tour to Minnesota Farms. No. Possibly yeah, Clyde no, or whatever his name is. Yeah, no, too. we will. Garage yeah. Logic Live from the farm would be pretty cool. Yes. Thanks for the great show and healthy dose of common sense. Let me know your mailing address, and I'll send you yak sticks if you would like to try That's them. That's good eating. I'm sticking with the, no, the Grunhofer meat would, market. Number one, I'd love to try the yak sticks. And number two, we are going to do that remote from well, his farm. This Plus, is, you go ask Spencer Grunhofer, look, guys are trying to offer me some yak sticks. He'll whip you up some. Uh, right. He'll he'd be open to it. So that email, it. though, that reminds me. Hey, oh, my God. Oh, no. <laughs> 
Here's we this to one. with news <laughs> from the Crabby Coffee Shop. That kid of his is brilliant because right now is shed hunting season. Mm-hmm. You know what a shed is, John, uh, Joe? Yeah, yeah, that's when the antlers fall off. Yeah, and uh, us what? rural types, we like to go into the woods in the spring and look for sheds. Oh, and it's, it's a big deal. And if hang you can, them in your barn. It's a big deal if you can find in close proximity both sides of the rack. Do they oh, have value? No, I don't think so. It's decorative. It's, it's decorative. pride and fun. Yeah. yeah. I hunted this one in 72. You hang them up above the shed door. Yeah. And then uh, it's also a good excuse to look for uh, mushrooms because now is mushroom season, too. <laughs> Are those the people that sneak out and try to find the really good mushrooms it's, right now? Yeah. And if you're sitting on some mushrooms, don't tell anybody. So what's the difference between going out in the middle of the woods and looking for shed or going out in the middle of the woods and looking for golf balls? It's kind of the same thing. <laughs> hey, motorcyclists, spend the next three snowy days with your uh, DennisKirk.com website. they got 160,000 motorcycle products in stock for you and your bike. $89 order ship free, and they pay return shipping on health. Helmet and apparel products, DennisKirk.com. Order by 8 today and get it tomorrow. Latte Schmate. Here's Joe Suchere. Say, uh, I have a new attitude on this uh, potentially historic snowstorm that's headed our way. It could be fun. And also, it'd be a good time to get over to Fratelloni's. They still got the winter stuff in stock. They'll take care of you. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware Stores, a great friend of the uh, podcast. They're all over the metro area. By the way, best selection of grills mm-hmm. at Fratelloni's. Oh, of course. Best deals, too. Conservative commentator Matt Walsh is getting pushback from students at Baylor University, a Christian university in Texas, for a speech he's scheduled to give tonight defending the Christian values of life, marriage, and gender. Baylor students, however, are demanding Walsh's speech be shut down because of his anti-LGBTQ views, according to a Change.org petition that has garnered over 2,200 signatures. Uh, This cannot be allowed to take place, the petition reads. Please remove this from campus events. For the benefit of all LGBTQ students, alumni, and future students, this harmful hate speech must be kept off our beloved campus. So this guy's view of uh, traditional marriages, that's hateful. That's hateful. You're not you're not allowed to have that. In the failed academy, that's hateful because the LGBTQ community has been identified as a really ripe source of victimhood. And so you can't have somebody come in and, and offer a different view. You're not allowed to have that view. It's a Christian institution. Are you kidding me? Why? They say Baylor University encourages free speech, but we have an additional responsibility as a Christian university to appreciate different opinions and backgrounds in a respectful and compassionate manner that, uh, uh, oh, the hell with you people. <laughs> You're all f- nuts. But that ain't as bad as this one. That's pretty underst- bad for a Christian. I don't understand why one has to be worse than the other. Why can't we, you know, right. just to paraphrase Rodney, why can't we all just get along? Right. You know, come on. Well, it's come to this. Uh, A Michigan State University student emerged from a nap last September to discover his roommate sitting at a desk and watching a video of Ben Shapiro, who is a conservative uh, Uh commentator. No. Yep. So the the kid who took the nap 
wasn't pleased that his personal space was subjected to Shapiro, who was regularly protested when he speaks on campuses. And he actually filed a complaint in the uh, Michigan State University bias reporting system against his roommate for watching the Shapiro video. And that was thrown out, right, because it was ludicrous? Ben Shapiro is known for his inflammatory speech that criticizes and attacks the African-American community. The student wrote in his report against the roommate, no, this student is lying. That's not what Shapiro does. Uh, I thought hate had no place on MSU campus, yet MSU has roomed me with someone who supports hate speech. And he, he failed to spell speech correctly. <laughs> E-A-C-H? Yep. yep. Oh, no. The, uh, the college fix said MSU got an investigator to look into the complaint and to get the ball rolling on a room change if the claimant would like one. The college fix said the latter bias report was one of... 35 filed with MSU's public incident uh, public incident website last fall. The outlet added that it obtained the report through a Public Records Act request, although all personal identifying information was redacted. Uh, Michigan State's spokesperson Heather Young told the College Fix that while the school has no mandatory bias reporting requirement, employees who work in residence halls are required to report bias incidents. Young forwarded the outlet a document defining bias as verbal or nonverbal conduct that is threatening, harassing, intimidating, discriminatory, or hostile, and is based on a category protected under the MSU anti-discrimination policy. First of all, the video-watching roommate supports hate speech. That's what years of droning video games and lockstep leftism on the brain apparently looks like. Secondly, it's a good thing the roommate... Uh, of the easily offended MSU student wasn't looking at the new Ben Shapiro. He might have gotten expelled for having a sense of humor. Apparently there's a new... Isn't that something? It goes back to your contention that they're they're just all angry and hateful themselves. And even more so, Joe, this is your prediction. Can't can't, can't even spell speech. SP with a double E. This is your prediction coming true, that they're quite literally not going to be able to talk to one another. This wasn't even a case of talking. This, This... Bob wakes up from his nap, and this guy, his roommate, happens to be watching a Ben Shapiro video. And why doesn't a normal person just go to whoever you go to and change rooms? Speaking of that, I have a great email. It would be more of a pain in the butt to follow through with the filing the complaint. Yeah, just go to whoever and change rooms. Perfect segue to this. Mm. Uh, Who wrote this? Uh, Tevin. Joe, I grew up listening to the show in the garage with my dad, and now as a 23-year-old with my own garage, I had an experience today that I had to let you know about. This was written uh, uh, Monday, April 8th, yesterday. Saturday, April 6th, 2019, I woke up to a rainy 45-degree Saturday morning. Not having much to do, I figured I'd clean out the garage and have a preseason opener of sorts. About an hour in, I realized I had a large pile of scrap wood with nowhere to put it. I dug out my above-ground fire pit threw in the pile of wood and set it up in the driveway at least 25 feet from the closest car or structure. I continued burning in the pit for about three hours. Once all the wood was gone, I put the cover back on the pit and let it die out. About 20 minutes later, a full-size fire truck pulled into my home, followed by a police interceptor. Two firemen got out and told me a pesky neighbor called in a fire that was out of control. This (laughs) seems to be under control. Burn on. This was a rainy day with no possibility to spread. Uh, where we have, where have we gone as a society that a neighbor cannot come over and express their concern in person, rather than wasting my time, the fire department's time, and the police department's wow. time, not to mention taxpayer money spent on the call. Thanks. Looking forward to the real season opener 
uh, on Good Friday. Isn't that? that the, but the guy's right. This twenty-three-year-old's yeah. right. Why didn't the neighbor just say, "Hey, uh, Tevin, uh, what the hell are you doing there?" Where did he write from? Where's he from? It doesn't say. But that's happening more and more in South <laughs> Minneapolis, where he, 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 people would come over and go, uh, "Hey, what the hell?" Mm-hmm. And even last week, I smelled what I thought was burning trash. Now, trash has, you know, Kleenexes, paper. That has right. a certain odor to it, and I identified this as burning trash. Guess what I did, Suchi boy? I started walking the alley to That's see where the do. fire was coming That's from. That's what you do. Found out it was my neighbor two doors down. Talked to him, and he, he said, hey, Kenny, how you doing? I said, ah, thought I smelled some burning trash. I was checking things out. And he goes, well, I'm glad you think my grill smells like burning <laughs> trash. Now get out of here. <laughs> but that's how neighbors behave. Well, I understand. You talk to each yeah, other. Absolutely. You don't call 911. No, no. Wait a minute. You actually told them how you were doing? Say <laughs> yeah. garage, garage Logic only associates with the best, and that includes jewelry stores. RF Moeller Jeweler was founded 68 years ago by Bob Moeller on a foundation of service, and in 68 years, they've not only acknowledged it, they embrace it. They have six goldsmiths on site with a combined 200 years of jewelry repair experience. They'll repair and restore your heirlooms. Every piece taken in for repair is inspected four times. Your jewelry never leaves the store because Mark runs around and makes sure it doesn't. They have two Rolex trained watchmakers with 40 years of experience, and their full-time appraiser has done work for the FBI, the BCA, and numerous banks and trust companies. So you bring something in that you bought an estate sale, they'll tell you whether it was stolen or not in a mob raid. And if you mention that you heard this on the GL podcast, they'll replace your watch battery at no charge. I've known the Moeller family for 30 years. This is the straight deal. RF Moeller Jeweler, 50th. And remember... You're not, you know, when you go in to buy a watch, yeah. graduations are coming up, all sorts of spring events are coming. You're not buying something to tell time. You're buying a family heirloom that's going to get passed down through the I generations. three different watches from Moeller. RF Moeller Jeweler, 50th in France in Edina, Ford in Cleveland in St. Paul, Gavaday Common in downtown Minneapolis, or online at rfmoeller.com. Beautiful lawn is just a click away at ProfessionalTurf.com. Actually, the best lawn you'll ever see is guaranteed by clicking ProfessionalTurf.com. And the way it goes down is really so simple. Click that link, schedule a free lawn care estimate, have a seasoned pro, a pro-turf pro, stop by that estate and set up a three- to five-step fertilizer and weed-killing program that will have your lawn looking luscious and luxurious from now until late fall. Click on ProfessionalTurf.com. This guy wears many hats, not indoors. Joe Suchere. Here's John Height, sponsored by ProfessionalTurf.com. Okay, hang on one second. I'll be right with you. How's that? Are you okay. looking for your just, pick? I'm just adding a new story. <laughs> God, did we find that stupid thing? We found my pick. A it's, lot of people think among us that uh, the most sane among us is yeah. John. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. Yeah. What's up, Rain Man? I don't know. I don't know. That's the line I always get. How do you put up with those idiots? Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> really. We should hear some of the lines I get. <laughs> Uh, a story uh, involving, we were talking about texting last hour, what there may be uh, new uh, laws to come along. The driver of a semi-trailer who crashed into a vehicle stopped at a red light in Lake Elmo in February of 2018 
killing a 54-year-old business owner and biology instructor while distracted by cell phone use, has pleaded guilty. This was the guy that was looking up a house on Zillow, yep. wasn't it? Yep. yep. Pleaded guilty to criminal vehicular homicide Monday in Washington County. The plea came on the day when the trial of Samuel Wayne Hicks of Independence, Wisconsin, was st- uh, set to start. He had initially pleaded not guilty to the charge in October of last year. As part of a plea agreement, Hicks will serve one year in jail and will receive bleeping year. Yeah, but at least he came clean. I mean, he was man enough to tell his lawyer to take a hike. That's true. You know, and I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna own up to it. He will also serve ten years on probation, and he'll have to do community service announcements for the state patrol about the dangers of distracted driving. According to the complaint, Hicks allegedly had his eyes on his cell phone for eight seconds preceding the crash. (sighs) Uh, citing footage from a camera on the semi, investigators said Hicks made no effort to brake before he hit the vehicle, which was at a complete stop. Jesus. And he was going, does it say in the story? 63 miles an hour. Eight seconds at 63 miles an hour. Oh, That's yep. a lot of ground. Yep. Robert Bursick of Amory, Wisconsin, was killed in the crash. Investigators said his vehicle was damaged beyond recognition. Yeah, it was. I was working at the time. It was. Well, it, I remember it, that, yeah. It was difficult. Only I, how, are the, how will this be enforced? Because that's my question. The 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 coppers, are, you can stop every car. You're going to find a guilty person. Mm-hmm. But you can. There's a time clock on tweets, right? On tweets, you can find out if I just sent you a tweet or I don't read a know. tweet. But you, if you're looking up on Zillow, that doesn't have a time clock. Does I it? have an idea because I I see this. I have the longest commute mm-hmm. of all of us. Well, unless Kenny goes to the farm. Here's what you do. You get a, a a van, a long van, and you have five people in it, and all you're doing is, and it's unmarked, and all you're doing is looking for textures. It's the only way it's going to work, and that's what they initially started doing. They used to uh, rent, like, buses, buses. from MTC yep. and then school buses, et cetera. Boy, they ha- you have to be un- un- unmarked because everybody knows as soon as you see yeah. a cop on the road. Everybody well, pays you, attention. Yeah, you straighten right. up and you fly right. right. Age really protects you from all this. I'm not being facetious. I can't see well enough to. I always will will pull over if I have to. But it's a behavioral thing too. I yeah. I never do it. But people just they don't think it's a big deal. It yeah. is a big deal. Yet three out of every five cars, everyone's on their phone. Yeah. Can you imagine though? I, I mean, living if you have an accident and living with that, knowing That's it was, was so thinking. avoidable, yeah. it would just eat away. I'm at sure. You. I'm sure the truck driver is very remorseful. I mean, yeah. We have no reason to believe he wouldn't. It be. doesn't matter if he does one year yeah. or fifty years. Right. He's he's got to live with himself. Yeah. Right. And I bet oh. you it's just crushing him. We are. I don't know if you guys saw. Right now, I think it's a two week period where they're doing extra patrols to try to catch this sort of thing. I don't. Again, we don't know how. Right. You know, how it's going to be useful, but uh, because right. it's easy to catch the speeders, obviously you've got a radar yeah. gun. But they but, need to, they need unmarked vehicles all and over. by unmarked, no antennas. You can't have that cop light on the on the right. post above right. the yep. mirror. You can't have mm-hmm. any lights in the back window. It's got to be completely unmarked. And if he has to use a handheld radio to communicate with, sounds people. very Orwellian. Well, well, what are we going to do? No, I, I know. I don't know. I don't. I brought it up. How are you going to enforce this? Because yeah. the the well, I I hate law states like this, but it, we don't have any choice because the youth right now they don't they just don't care they just don't care. Mm-hmm. It's more important to find out where Susie's party is or the fact that their boyfriend just left her or whatever, wow. and to get that information instantaneously. They have no wait period. Sled dogs and mushers will converge on Excelsior next February to take part in the inaugural Lake Minnetonka Klondike Dog Derby. Oh, that'd be fun. 
Organizers announced Tuesday that the two-day event, uh, which a release said is inspired by short-lived but popular races that date back to 1937, will kick off on Saturday, February 8th with Meet the Mushers and Hug a Husky social events. (laughs) The race itself is scheduled for Sunday, February 9th. The event's website said the course will start and finish on Water Street in downtown Excelsior. The 30-mile race will run along the shores of Lower Lake Minnetonka, while the 50-mile race will cover both Lower and Upper Lake Minnetonka. According to the event's website, the inspiration was the annual Klondike Day event that was held in that city in the late 1930s. It featured the coronation of an ice princess and an ice queen, a snow modeling contest, ski races, a dog derby, and other events. The fundraiser for the event will be held at Excelsior Brewing on May 31st, featuring silent and live auctions, a raffle, and live music from Tim Mahoney. Uh, some of the Huskies on that day will also be on hand. What year did the uh, Klondike uh, festivities start out there? Uh, 37. Dates back to 1937. Well, in 1938, the ice went out on this day in Minnetonka. Huh. My favorite document. Yep, we got that, John. <laughs> and I've begun to monitor the lilacs. Ah. Still about six weeks out. Really? Mm-hmm. Age. Mm-hmm. The non-native plant. Got to have plant. something to do, Kenny. <laughs> Got to have something to do. <laughs> Uh, we have another another person in the Democratic presidential race. I, I don't know this fellow. California Representative Eric Swalwell. Oh, yeah. Hmm. He's officially running. He made What's the, he, is he apologizing for being white? The congressman said, quote, I see a country in quicksand, unable to solve threats from abroad, unable to make life better for people here at home. He said, none of that is going to change until we get a leader who's willing to go big on the issues we take on, be bold on the solutions we offer, and do good in the way that we govern. Uh, He said, I'm ready to solve these problems. I'm running for the presidency of the United States. He's 38 years old. He's an Iowa native elected in 2012 to represent California's 15th congressional district. Say again, we're unable to resolve threats from... Uh, so say I'm getting willing to go big on issues. Uh, the reason uh, he's uh, running. Uh, yeah, I'm getting there. Uh, see a country un, uh, unable to solve threats from abroad. How are we unable to resolve? Uh, uh, give an example. I, 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 and what's his next not, line? It's not my I statement. Think you need to attack John. What's I, his next line, pal? He's none a of, gun control freak. None too. of this is going to change until we get a leader who's willing to go big on the issues that we take on, be bold in the solutions that we offer, and do good in the way that we govern. He's painting a picture far more grim than it really is. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, if only we weren't in this business, we would really enjoy life. That's why I like Positive Thursday, and I don't try to sabotage Positive Thursday. I love it. (laughs) Sometimes I really like, because I I can't be here for different reasons, Thursdays, Fridays, I I don't pay any attention to the news. That's good. It makes your life better. uh, I'm sorry, but when are the mushers here? (laughs) February 8th and 9th. I got a little advice for them. Yeah. I'm off to get my life-sustaining supplies, cornmeal and gunpowder and ham hocks and guitar strings. I'll give you a lift. Hop aboard, mateys. Now, mush! See? Mush! Mush! Like this. Watch! <laughs> wow. Tricks the dogs into... Now, can you name, for for $1 and a handful of M&Ms in the treat section over there, can you name who that musher was? Cornelius. Yukon. Yukon Cornelius. Yukon Cornelius. Right. You guys get a dollar Don. and a handful of... Don Cornelius. Don Cornelius. No, that's the... Uh, that's the Soul train. train. <laughs> Say, one size rarely fits anyone anymore. That's why you have to check things out, and that's why Federated Mutual Insurance Company tailors its insurance programs to individual businesses offering 
property and casualty, life, disability income insurance. Their marketing representatives get to know you, the business owner, and how your operation works, and that allows them to customize the coverage you need. And the marketing reps love Federated. It's Owatonna, Minnesota's own. They're the best marketing reps in the business. Driving a significant part of your business, they'll uh, provide auto liability. Worried about a cyber attack? I would. You need data compromise coverage. Your business is unique. You need an insurance carrier who treats it that way. Get in touch with a federated marketing representative to see how their second-to-none service can help your business thrive because at Federated, it's their business to protect yours. Before we go back to uh, John, uh, Mr. Souchere, we're going to do a little garage grilling for uh, Mr. FYI here. This oh. just showed up on our Twitter feed from Steve Webb. Mm-hmm. And, Hi, FY, Steve. and FYI for you, on Monday's podcast, you said Ferlin Husky recorded yeah, Willie's that's, Hello that's Walls. That's wrong, I know. Yeah. Do you know who really recorded it? <laughs> John. I don't, but as soon as we started talking about it, I realized I was wrong. So, or that you were wrong, actually. You said it and I agreed. So, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Technicality, mark, huh? Mark this day on your I've, calendar. I've actually been waiting for somebody to call us. You know I should have looked it up. Take that ridiculous ice out sheet you keep referring to 80 times a oh, day. I love it. And write down on this date, John nope. admitted he was wrong. No, I'm never going to do that. I'm don't worry, get rid of my ice out sheet. I'll put it in the show description. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> good. John That's very mean. was wrong. <laughs> and, and what's really bad is I just looked it up. But it's it's one of the guys I liked from that era a lot, Farron Young. Oh, so uh, Ferlin Husky, Farron Young, close enough. Farron Young, you know what was, that was close enough yeah. fanatically. Farron Young was very cool. Uh, Farron unfortunately met an untimely end when he killed himself. Well, because, that'll happen. Well, he had fallen out of favor in Nashville, hmm. and uh, okay, that didn't. Uh, sorry, Ken. Now I brought Kenny down. Oh. Hey, you know, uh, this will bring you up, Kenny. The state fair is only, what, four or five months away? Fantastic. Additional grandstand acts have been announced for the fair now. This this is a miracle of marketing. They're better than the NFL. They're better than the NFL. (laughs) August 25th, Trace Adkins and Clint Black with special guest Terry Clark. So a country show there. Trace Adkins is you're going to miss this. Yeah. Well, that was Jimmy Jimmy Allen. Jimmy Allen. He he covered it. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. August 26th, the Happy Together Tour 2019, which has been going, boy, for almost, what, 40 the years now? available turtles. Huh? The turtles are, this as a matter of fact, one of the acts. No, no Herman, daughter. sorry. No Herman. Uh, Tommy James and the Shondells uh, lead the Happy Together Tour this year with the turtles. Chuck Negron, who is uh, the one of, one of the lead singers, right, of Three Dog Night. The Buckinghams, who are yeah. a really good band. Played with them in Wisconsin one time. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, fine band. The were Classics they, were they Four. Were backstage partiers, animals, mm-hmm. were you... Snorting queef off. Uh, <laughs> no, not really. What? No, I was. Maybe I was I still too keef. naive. Yeah, we'll edit that one out. <laughs> Can we beep stuff on the podcast? Well, I'm gonna have I to don't know why you have to bleep that out. Yeah, yeah, don't worry about Joe it. Joe doesn't even know what either didn't one Didn't even is. know what he meant. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. I'd rather read a book. I remember, all I remember a was surprises. a great big tent. Great big white tent. Don't remember that. That's all I remember. Uh, the, kind of a drag. Isn't that the Buckingham? Kind of a drag. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Susan, Chicago group. Susan. There's really, no, a there, there's really no reason for the flop sweat when you're doing a podcast, right? Yep. No, uh-huh. there's not. Uh, don't You Care. Remember that song? Don't You Care. That was a great song by the Buckinghams. Uh, really. Anyway, also, Happy Together to a Classics go. 4. I'll see you next week. The Cow Sills, <laughs> Gary Puckett, and the Union Gap. Uh, Gary Puckett and Union Gap did one of the creepiest songs ever. What? Young Girl, remember? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Get out of my yeah. mind. Yeah. Ooh. yeah. Ooh, creepy. Mm. Uh, also now we Almost found... Almost as though Joe Biden had performed it. 
That's almost as bad as the Benny Mardona song. Oh, She's just 16 years old. But you know what? That song is produced so you know, well. It now sounds that so good. Now that you're mentioning that, that's a, that's a theme that has run throughout rock and roll. Yeah. Police, oh, police, don't stand so close to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 As well, a former it, school it, teacher. And, and not to pick on any rock and rollers, but in the 70s, it was kind of a a, a theme that actually happened. Probably. We got an email from a guy that's found a picture of Doe Biden. It's uh, two Joe deer. Biden. One of them's licking the back of the neck. <laughs> right. of the one. It must be distantly related. That's, uh, that's yeah. Doe Biden. That's Doe Biden. See, Doe Biden. I'll, uh, I'll post that to the Garage sure. Logic Facebook page. Might as well. Uh, also announced at the fair, uh, <laughs> they already announced Hall & Oates will be there August 28th. And now oh, they, sweet. I didn't know that. They've announced that G-Love and Special Sauce will open for them, which... Uh, Johnny, let's be, go to Hall & Oates. That would be a good one. I would rather go see G-Love. Yeah. yeah what great. night is the 28th? August 28th. Is that Wednesday? Pull out your calendars, kids. I bet it's a Saturday night. I'd I'd see Hall & Oates again. August 28th is a Wednesday. A Wednesday? Wednesday. Middle of the week. Do you have uh, any uh, kind of announcements to make regarding this show in the State Fair? Not yet. Hmm. Not yet. Working out the details. Announcements might be coming. All right. But just put it this way, GLers. We might be making an appearance. Mm Mm-hmm. More information. We'll be, be, <laughs> we'll be drunk off our asses. Yes, we will. Yeah. But we'll be there. Yeah. Like Van Halen. You know, I mean, drunk. technically, you're not on the air. That's <laughs> different rules apply. Remember. <laughs> More information being released about Bob Dylan's project in downtown Nashville mm-hmm. in conjunction mm-hmm. with the 50th anniversary of his Nashville Skyline album. Uh, Dylan is set to open a whiskey distillery in fall of 2020. Oh, that'll be cool. Under the brand. Heaven's Door. Yeah. A news release says Heaven's Door Spirits will transform the 160-year-old Elm Street Church into the Heaven's Door Distillery and Center for the Arts. It'll feature a distillery, a whiskey library, I don't know what that means, a restaurant, and a 360-seat live performance venue. You know what that is, John? That means it's going to be really expensive. A whiskey library is guys walking around bragging that they know more about whiskey than other people. No, but this is going to have the actual contents, I would guess. That's tough marketing, though, to kick the church out to open up a whiskey distillery. It is. But this was made for downtown Nashville. Of course. It'll also feature Dylan's paintings and metalwork sculptures. Uh, The group unveiled the opening date and some facility details Tuesday morning to coincide with the anniversary of the release of Dylan's ninth album. Who's our guy in Roseville, Chris, that has the the, uh, still right in his... Oh, Bartley. Bent Bruce Dillery. Yeah, that's uh, that's a cool place. What's Dylan now, about 110? God, he's got to be almost 80, right? I think so. Got to be. Actress Lori Laughlin and her fashion designer husband uh, Massimo Giannulli have been hit with a new charge now in the college admissions bribery case. Laughlin and Giannulli were among 16 prominent parents indicted Tuesday on a charge of money laundering conspiracy. The parents, you remember, were arrested last month on a single charge of conspiracy to commit mail fraud and honest services mail fraud. They're accused of paying half a million dollars in bribes to get their daughters admitted to USC as crew team recruits, even though neither of them played the sport. New charges come a day after fellow actors Felicity Hoffman and a dozen other parents announced they would plead guilty in the scheme. You know what? It's been driving me crazy since this story broke. How do I know Felicity Huffman? And it's not because of the dumb show that she was on recently. It's from a show that goes way, way, way back. Do you guys remember Sports Night? Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. She was the producer. The oh, head producer God, you're right. On she Sports was. Night. Yeah. Was that a sitcom? 
Uh, kind of, yeah. And it was a, about kind of an ESPN type of place that every night at like 10 or 11 yep. o'clock they did a 30-minute sports I show. I thought it was pretty well written, actually. Yeah, it was a fun show, yeah. Hmm. Say, when you're browsing at uh, any of the R.F. Moeller jewelry stores, uh, mention that you heard uh, Moeller getting the good word on the GL podcast. And as long as you're uh, gazing with fondness at the new watches, they'll replace your watch battery at no charge. 50th in France in Edina, Ford in Cleveland in St. Paul, Gavaday Common, downtown Minneapolis, or online at rfmoeller.com. Bob Dylan is 77, by the 77. way. 77. Wow. California business owner says store surveillance video recorded a man stealing a small chainsaw by stuffing it down his pants. Yeah. Wow. Right. Hope it wasn't running. Joan Bennett, or Jeff Bennett, excuse me, of RG Equipment, told the Fresno Bee his security camera caught the theft. The video shows the man take the chainsaw from a display, stuff the blade down his pants, and cover the engine assembly with his jacket. Bennett says the man drove off in a pickoff truck. He thinks an accomplice was watching the store last There it week. is. See that faint mark? Yeah. That's my chainsaw wound. Oh. Yeah. You don't want to mess with a chainsaw. No, I don't want to. got to be about, careful with those chainsaws. There's about 20 Kenny. stitches on my uh, shin. Is that why oh. your legs are so pasty white? <laughs> yeah, what's that all about? You ever I'm always afraid sun? the chain's going to come off. When it does, it doesn't do anything. Oh. It just flops it, off. Oh. Yeah, well, no. and I feel better. No, what you need to be scared of is the bounce back. When you're not paying yeah. attention, it, it hits a twig and then bounces back and almost cuts your leg off. Oh, good. Yeah, so don't worry about the chain coming off. All right. It's really not a big deal. In Australia... Well, I mean, now that I, you know, if you want to break it down, I really how, don't I don't really need a chainsaw. I was going to say, how much work do you do with chainsaws? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely none. You can borrow one of my six. Right. I have one. I use it occasionally. Cut down. Cut some light trim. The most dangerous tool ever made I'm, requires 100% concentration. I was going to say, I'm always really careful. Never look I'm, away from that uh, chain. And That's why I don't own one. Keep your finger off the trigger. If you see like a bird or a squirrel getting some doing some silly things, you want to set her down and not be distracted <laughs> is what you're saying? Okay. I'll take that to heart. An Australian frolicking pizza. above behind the begonias. An Australian pizza chef broke a Guinness world record by putting together a pizza with 154 varieties of cheese on top. Gross. Gross. Johnny DeFrancesco, chef at 400 Gradi in Melbourne, formerly held the Guinness record for the greatest variety of cheese when he created a 99 cheese pizza, but he lost the record when somebody topped that with 111 varieties. All you need is Velveeta. Ooh, that sounds disgusting on, cheese, really, it just... on pizza, I mean. The chef said while the 154 cheese pizza may not have been a culinary impossibility, it was certainly a culinary challenge. We knew it was an ambitious idea, but probably more so than we first anticipated. We also needed to make sure each individual cheese was distinct enough from the next, yet complementary to each flavor. Uh, among the cheeses used, gorgonzola. I like a good gorgonzola. Yeah, okay. I too. Pecorino, I don't sure. know that one. Telegio? You don't even need to read him, John. How about Limburger? No. Did we have Limburger on there? No. Such called me a pecorino when I walked in this morning. <laughs> That's a form of cheese, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Remember the time you went into Lund's and you bought a uh, chunk of cheese? It wasn't Lund's. What was it? It was a deli. Oh, okay. It was Certix. No. It was, I, I can't remember the What's name the of it. What's the story? He, well, he bought What's a chunk of cheese. Oh, I bought a wheel. Huge I bought wheel. a wheel. You bought a and wheel? And he went up there, and the person said, you know, it's 78 bucks. And he says, for what? He starts looking on the belt as if there's a, a bar of gold somewhere. With he a big no, wheel. He had big no wheel. idea 
that that I mean that cheese is expensive. You're going to buy a big I'm wheel. Just not a much of a shopper. So, so were you tasked with a wheel, or did you just decide? Well, this would be yeah, good looks for the party. Good. Yeah. I think it was on my own. You I know, thought I'm going to go wheel. You know, mistakes. <laughs> I'm good. Mistakes go that you have made over the years have really cost you a lot of money. I have made some expensive mistakes. Yes, and including doing this show. <laughs> <laughs> but my favorite, my favorite was when you went to the co-op. You went to the co-op. Was it on? Uh, was Mississippi Market. I thought I was a member. Randolph and Fairview, and she says, he's got some milk. Are you a member? He looks around and goes, of what? <laughs> I thought anybody could go in and buy a carton of milk. Oh, my God. It just The, oh, the fact yeah. that you're out of touch sometimes with society is, is I, I don't really think I'm charming. out of touch with society. I just didn't know how a co-op worked. Now I do. Are you a member? Of how long what? did uh, How long did that cheese wheel last I think year? we still have some. That was so, about five years ago. It's, it's like the salted nut roll that's yeah. in the back. <laughs> Not that I don't know, but what's the proper etiquette? What should he have done when he was with that cheese? You just buy it like a well, chunk? They'll, sli- they'll slice up however much you want at the grocery. A good grocery store would do that or deli. Damn right? near took two people to get it to the car. <laughs> <laughs> Did you actually roll it yeah, out? I rolled it out. Use it on a scooter. A <laughs> <laughs> but I just hear thud. Yeah. Yeah. Here you go. They'll just repackage it if you want to buy a, a quarter or an I eighth got, of nah, it. I got an SUV. It was all right. <laughs> and a ramp. Yeah. As big as a scooter wheel. Right. All right. Thank you, boys. Uh, we can do that. Yeah. All right, GLers, if that wasn't entertaining enough, there's so many more episodes. Speaking of that, you have to go to one of our Twitter accounts and uh, check out Rook. The guy has never met a camera (laughs) that he doesn't love. Tell me where we can find that. uh, My my account is MSP underscore traffic. Yours is... At Rookie GL. And GL the podcast is... At GL podcast. Okay. Uh, and you'll find everybody else is there as well. So check it out. That's on Twitter. You can go to garagelogic.com and find all sorts of back issues from the podcast. You know, maybe if you're just cruising to get some windshield time, kick back with your headphones and listen to the Garage Logic podcast. Check it all out. Don't forget to rate us on Apple iTunes. There have been some recent ratings, good, bad, or indifferent. We love the feedback. I only want good ones. He wants good ones. Garage Logic. Dot com, the podcast version. And if you would like to be part of the podcast and an advertiser, get in touch with us. We got good voices.